fait j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner Pour te, te demander Allo quelque chose quoi Welcome to Arts Week. I'm your host, Candy Hammond, and my guests today are Tim Miller, former Cape Cod Times film critic, and Josh Mason, executive director of Cape Cinema. They're here to talk about their favorite and not-so-favorite movies of 2022 and Cape Cinema's new nonprofit status and what that means for the theater and for the community. So, Anyway, welcome to you two. It's always wonderful to have both of you here, and I love talking movies, and and it always makes me realize how many I did not see. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought before we get into the weeds of talking about movies, Josh, I wanted to give you some time here to talk about, I mean, this is really exciting that, I don't know, I was under the misapprehension for a long time that I, for years, I thought that Cape Cinema was a nonprofit. And um, so I imagine this was quite a process <laughs> to go through. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's it, it it the Cape Cinema, the way it operates, obviously, with the um, you know, we've got the museum next door and the playhouse, obviously, both institutions are nonprofits. And right. I think um it would be very easy for uh, people to just assume that um the Cape Cinema was kind of under that same umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I think that's just really a testament to the way it was run, um, you know, by the former owner, uh, Eric Hart. Um, you know, he did a tremendous job uh, over the course of, of, you know, 37 years. Oh, uh, and definitely. we talked about this before, kind of building up uh, an audience, um, mm -hmm. exceptional, pretty much unrivaled programming over the over the course of those years. Um, and really just taking a lot of chances, um, chances on content and chances on events and things that other people wouldn't consider or um, maybe give give uh, some space to. So, um, but yeah, with that said, you know, kind of moving into that space and 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 working with Eric and um, taking on this this process of of moving it from an S corp into a nonprofit was was mm -hmm. definitely a bit of a slog. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I'd never done grant underwriting before. Okay. Oh, and so obviously coming out of COVID, one of the you know, biggest things was to ensure that we had some financial stability um, and mm -hmm. some seed money coming out of our closure and you know, acquiring um, state and federal grants, kind of being thrown into the fire to, to do that grant underwriting was a process and a challenge. Mm -hmm. but one, I think that was well worth it because here we are today um, as a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I certainly worked tirelessly over the course of uh, 20, 21 into 2022 to ensure that that happened, um, you know, and it was something that Eric uh, had talked about for a few years and his son, Hugh, about doing, um, obviously, prior to COVID. Uh, but, you know, now we're able to uh, to make it a reality. So it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. So what is what does it mean now for you to be a nonprofit? So, um, you know, it 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 means a lot and it doesn't mean anything. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I mean that in the sense that um, when I say it doesn't mean anything in the sense that is there going to be any, um, you know, seismic changes in the eyes of our audience? No, right. they're going to okay. come in and still see business as usual. Operations are going to continue to be fluid. Nothing. They'll changed. still get their popcorn. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, there's going to be no sort of hiccups or no, um, you know, obvious transitory stuff in that sense. But um, in the back end, yes, there's a lot. Um, we're certainly 
you know, as I as I was saying to you uh, prior to the show, we've got a rich 92 history and a legacy there. But essentially moving into this new arena of being a nonprofit, a 501c3 as opposed to an S-corp, it means that we're kind of a startup company again. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have our challenges. The prices of everything have gone up with respect to inflation, obviously, energy and utilities. Um, we have our mm-hmm. lease payments because the building is owned by the uh, Cape Center for the Arts next door. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then just general operations with getting uh, supplies and things and, and making payroll. And, and, and uh, you know, those are all very important items to the survival of the business. And mm-hmm. we're going to be relying a lot on um, resources and financial assistance through donations, through grants. So, you know, um, the general public and our patrons and our membership, uh, we're certainly looking for some assistance to kind of give us a, a nice bump moving mm-hmm. into this um, sort of uncharted territory. And you know, we're very hopeful and and um, enthusiastic that, you know, by the summer going into the fall, we should be a pretty well-oiled machine at that point. But like any like any other company, uh, when you're getting started, um, especially under this new uh, status, it, there's going to be some growing pains. But um, like I said, we're going to try to make that as painless uh, as, as possible from our end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say that that, you know, obviously I've got myself in as an executive director, but the leadership of our board of directors, um, with Eric still at the helm there as the board mm-hmm. president, his son Hugh as the vice president, um, and then I've uh, we've got two others, um, uh, uh, Robert Harding and, and Muska Youssef, uh, who are are very passionate about what we do at the cinema, and they're also yeah. um, you know strong uh, participants in the community. So oh yeah, they, Muska's a, an attorney, always a good person yeah. to oh. have on your board. <laughs> Yeah, so it's very it's very exciting. I think you know the prospects of of, of going forward, and especially in sort of this um, uh, rocky time for cinema abroad. I think that a lot of terrific things are going to happen at the Cape Cinema, and we've got a lot of exciting um, things sort of on the slate um, mm-hmm. forward here in twenty twenty three. So, what's your feeling, Tim? You've been a big supporter of Cape Cinema for oh, yeah. a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Cape Cinema. Uh, yeah, so what is Eric's involvement now, Josh? Because uh, Eric's one of my heroes. <laughs> he is. He He's one of mine too. I mean, I, I you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now without Eric's support and mm-hmm. his confidence and. Uh, you know, yeah, he's he's no longer he's now the quote unquote former owner because uh, obviously we're a nonprofit. But um, as I was saying, he's still very active. He from a um, you know a, a, a volunteer perspective, he's still contributing on a consultant basis, um, assistance with booking the content with me. Um, so that's going to be very important to ensure that every there's stability in that area, um, and we continue to use his knowledge and experience um, in that space. Uh, you know, to continue to provide quality programming. And then also as the board president um, for the board of directors, uh, you know, he's going to be very influential in some of the larger scale decisions that are made behind the scenes um, in concert with what I'm doing um, from an operational perspective. So, so Eric's sphere of influence is still going to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. People may not see him as often, but, but I tell you, his, his presence is still going to be felt no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the, uh, you know, is, you know, it's just great that he found somebody like you, Josh, the, uh, to uh, to um, in in this kind of transition. Because, um, he, as you said, he built something over the years, and it was very our our kind of careers 
coincided. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wrote a lot about stuff at the Cape Cinema and wrote about Eric a decent amount. Mm -hmm. And um, to watch him, and I learned a lot about the movie business from my conversations with him. One of the things that always impressed me about Eric was, was how he had that a great balance of business savvy, but of genuine passion for movies. And what a great combination because he was able to build this incredible, you know, artistic, I don't know, institution, which, you know, so, and, and to find someone like you is just so huge. I'm sure he would have, it would have been such a horrible thing if, okay, Eric's gone. Now we got to start, you know, got to start from scratch again. And instead to find you, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, I think everybody's very confident that, you know, um, if, uh, that if any movie theater is going to survive, it's the Cape Cinema. Mm -hmm. No, I I feel so lucky to have Cape Cinema in our community. We yeah. really are, it's exceptional. It uh, is. And, and what do you think? Um, uh, uh, do you mind me asking a question? Not at all, Tim. No, you you have good questions. <laughs> this is you great. Take the, um, you used to be my editor, so you know I kind of <laughs> have to let you. But um. Josh, I, you know, I just, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, like the Regal Fenway Theater closed mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and Regal, I think, has closed several theaters. I don't know if it's just the Northeast or whether it's across the country, but uh, a lot of people are talking about how it's just a sign of the times. But at the same time, they're saying that um, independent theaters um, might might be able to survive this in a better than than the commercial chains because well for one thing because you show things that you know you have a different kind of audience and all that mm -hmm. how do you what are your feelings about that yeah i think uh, yeah i think yeah you're dead on so i know regal just recently closed about 39 locations from the northeastern seaboard all the way down to through hawaii um and it's it's certainly it's a sad sight um, to see when when movie theaters you know become defunct, uh, but yeah, it's a sign of the times for I think a certain uh, level of movie theaters. I, I don't think it's to your point impactful to to all theaters. Uh, being listen, the I, I think the the benefit um, that we have as an independent art house is we're more of an artistic artistic institution. Um, mm. Yeah, we 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 have uh, films and we play uh, operas and ballets and national theater and and great art and exhibition on screens and so on and so forth. That's those are all important components to what we do and things that a lot of uh, larger chains cannot do. Um, we also have the the, the robust uh, stage space. We we put on live concerts. We have speaking engagements and we invite um, different organizations from the community. And the one thing that independent theaters abroad have. Um, a leg up over a lot of the chains is personal relationships with members of the community. When you're a member of Regal or a member of Cinemark, yeah, you've got, you get a discount on popcorn or you get a couple dollars knocked off your, your ticket or whatever the promo is of the week or the month, right? But when you're a member of a place like the Cape Cinema, it's more personal. You're making an investment in something that's much bigger, something much greater that brings the community together as a whole. So, um, you know, we, 
you know what what what's the old uh what's the saying it's it's sort of act uh it, it's it's um Oh, something uh, globally and act locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, like, yeah we're yeah, all exactly. really on it this morning. Yeah, like think think globally, <laughs> act locally, right? And that's, that's kind it. Of, that's I think, it. Yeah, and I think that we really, um, I think we sort of underscore that philosophy at the Cape Cinema is that we're very locally involved, and we are extremely inclusive, and we want to bring anyone and everyone in from the community um, to to watch our our programming and our content, but also to give them a platform. To present their content and to, for their voices to be heard, for their films to be shown, um, I think it's extremely important. So I think there there's a level of education and interaction and collaboration with the Cape Cinema that you can't get at one of the larger mm -hmm. scale um, chains. So, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, and here I thought the expression you were going for was "you are what you eat" or something. <laughs> like that, but... Well, we do have fantastic uh, popcorn, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. All right, so <laughs> we have fifteen minutes left, so now we got to talk some movies. And um, I was telling Tim before we started recording that I read his piece in the Kit Cod Wave of his top ten movies of the year. And I think I had heard of two of them. <laughs> so yeah. I know I've been a little out of the loop. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting on a whole bunch of screeners that I haven't gotten to see. Oh, yet. Yeah. But um, anyway, I don't know. Maybe you can kind of go back and forth. Like your absolute favorite movie this year, Tim. And then we'll get Josh's. And you have to edit yourself because of the yeah. title of the movie, Tim. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, we were talking before. My favorite movie of last year was a movie called uh, Zero F's Given, except it's not F's. <laughs> um, <laughs> People use your imagination. Yeah, but it, uh, a, a uh, French-Belgian movie uh, and with uh, Adele Exarchopoulos, uh excellent young French actress uh, it's character study but it, it mm -hmm. you know it, it didn't really play in the United States it's available on movie I don't include those just to be some artsy fartsy mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> film critic it legitimately was my favorite movie of the ones I've seen and and mm -hmm. um you know it's just like I've said you know I used to, there, there was this one guy that used to always accuse me of being in cahoots with the Cape <laughs> Cinema. I love the word. I'd like to be in cahoots. But uh, uh, he was like a broken record. I mean, he would kind of crawl <laughs> under a rock every, I don't know, year or so <laughs> from mm -hmm. under, and, and, and say the same old thing. But, um, you know, no, it just happened to be that those, those more challenging films are to my mind, the most yeah, entertaining you like. and yeah. best. And After Sun is another one that I really loved. Uh, and um, uh, that that's about a, a, a divorced uh, Scottish guy who goes on vacation with his, I believe she's 11 or 12 uh, years old, um, his daughter, and uh, they go to a... Um, a, a sort of a second rate resort in Turkey. And it's like a summer vacation. It's sort of like, in some ways, nothing really happens in the movie, except a lot happens, but it, it's sort of mm -hmm. just, in some ways, it's just a, a vacation. 
Mm-hmm. And yet, but there are some quiet moments of sobbing and things like that, but mm-hmm. but it's really so low key. And when I walked out of the theater, the um, PR person said, what'd you think? And I said, well, I don't know what I just saw, but I loved it, you know, and, and, and sometimes, and that's a really good thing, you know, to not, to have to wrestle with a movie. So anyway, I, I, the other thing I just wanted to throw out was um, uh, one of the movies that, that just got nominated for best picture. And I was pleased to see was all quiet on the Western front, hmm. uh, a German film, uh, remake of a 1930 movie with Lou Ayers that won Best Picture back in the day. Mm-hmm. And a uh, uh, great film. And I didn't realize, it got a lot of nominations. I don't know how many, but it, it was very well-deserving and hopefully more people will see it as a result. Okay. Yeah, we were talking before we started recording that the the nominations for the Academy Awards just came out and we decided... We're not ignoring it, but it's not our focus. So. Yeah, Josh, I want to hear a couple of your favorites because oh, you sure. get to see so much, obviously, <laughs> too. Um, well, my number one uh, pick for film of the year was actually The Inspection. Um, hmm. I haven't even heard of that one. <clears throat> so it was based on it's actually a true story. Um, the writer director, Elegance Bratton. Um, it's about a young African-American. Um, he's gay. And he's got kind of a um, contentious relationship with his um, mother. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's kind of rejected him for obviously being um, being gay. And he wants to he wants nothing more mm-hmm. but to have a relationship with his mother and to be accepted by her. So he's living on the streets in New York and he enlists into boot camp, into the military. And it's about his journey to prove something mm-hmm. um, going through this transformation over the course of three months. And it's a very fascinating character study. It's a very challenging and difficult film at times to watch, but it's also beautiful. And Jeremy Pope, who's the lead actor, gives an incredible performance as sort of a, a, a newer a newer face of Hollywood. Um, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed that he didn't get more recognition for it, as am uh, Elegance Bratton for writing and directing uh, that mm-hmm. masterpiece. But yeah, it was very underrated. <clears throat> Um, but that to me was uh, a tremendous, tremendous film. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'd say my number two is um, EO, which is the one we just played last week. I know that's kind of a divisive film, but it was almost a riff on an old um, an old French film. And I might botch it because I'm not uh, I'm terrible with French, but uh, <laughs> uh, Ahazard uh, Bathazar was the original French film. I believe it was 1966. Mm-hmm. Similar about a donkey um, and sort of you're seeing through this donkey's eyes, changing hands and, you know, going through these different scenarios um, as, as an animal. And, and this is sort of. Um, uh, oh, no, we just lost Josh in our recording. Oh, no, Tim. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> you can edit, though, right? Um. Not usually. Anyway, we can we can keep going and maybe maybe he'll call back in. But um, anyway, what I was about to say was um, for anybody that was tuning in that you're listening to Arts Week on WOMR and my guests were Tim Miller and Josh Mason talking about movies. Hopefully Josh Mason will be for me as this is, you know, the thing about technology now. (laughs) But Tim. Oh, oh, here he is. Yeah. Now you're back, Tim. 
I mean, Josh. <laughs> Oh, you're back. Okay. There he is. <laughs> anyway, so you were finishing up talking about EO. Yes. Sorry about that. Um, had a had a guess cut out there for a second. So anyway, uh, yeah. So EO was uh, a tremendous a tremendous picture. Um, again, just kind of similar to a, a film Baraka or Quayne Escotzi, which were both very visually oriented films about um, sort of the shrinking nature of humanity and mm -hmm. depleted resources. And you're kind of seeing through the eyes of this donkey sort of changing hands, um, literally just hell-bent on reuniting with his handler um, at the circus. And you're kind of going mm -hmm. through his journey. Um, there's a, the, obviously the, the cruelty to animals message. There's also the mm -hmm. treatment of humanity itself. and. Um, it's fascinating. It, it's it's both sad and tragic, but also um, at points can be up, uplifting and beautiful. So, hmm. so yeah, those those are my two top picks. Uh, okay. Of the year, so, I know Eric really loved the inspection too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he had high praise for that. We we sat actually in the Cape Cinema and watched the screener together, and we're just blown away by it. Um, hmm. Yeah, we 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 couldn't stop talking about it for for yeah. a good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So not to be negative, but I'm curious what <laughs> you guys didn't like this year. <laughs> so Ooh. we know what to avoid. <laughs> well, Tim. <laughs> well, um, yeah, let's turn to the critic. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of movies, actually, that um, and and Josh, you might disagree with me on some of these, but there were there were several kind of high profile movies that I just uh, just didn't do it for me. Uh, I mean, uh, Avatar is one. Uh, I mean, visually, mm -hmm. it's incredible. I mean, it's it's it's, you know, the Avatar sequel. It's it's amazing visually, but the story and the, the dialogue is almost laughably trite mm -hmm. and clunky mm -hmm. and awful. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, I think, again, I think the, some, uh, a PR person asked me what I thought of it and I, what did I spell? Oh, I spelled out loathe. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what, um, uh, okay. Here's one that, um, I know a lot of people disagree with me with, but, um, I, I really didn't think that, uh, Steven Spielberg's Fableman's was a very good movie. I just, mm -hmm. I, it didn't work for me at all. I, I thought it it um, the tone it went all over the place. I I just couldn't buy it. Uh, the I don't know. There was so much that irritated. I I was more irritated than anything else by that movie. Let's I mean, there were that. some nice things about it, but overall, I really wasn't a fan. Um, mm. The new Tom Hanks movie, Otto, uh, yeah. which should be oh, called yeah. Tom Hanks plays Grumpy Old Man, but it. Uh, <laughs> A man called Otto. Uh, I didn't like that very much. Um, and one, I've got to watch it again because it's getting it got so many. It got the most Oscar nominations. Uh, it um, um, and it just and I know a lot of critics loved it, but everywhere, everything, yeah. everywhere, mm -hmm. all at once. I just thought was just the sort of frantic it, it didn't it just left me totally unmoved mm. so but I do want to watch that again because 
I just, I don't know. I, I just got to try to see if you were missing, see if you missed something. Yeah. You know, (laughs) what about you, Josh? Oh, I think probably for me, the number one most disappointing movie that I had really high hopes for this year was Amsterdam. Um, I'm a big David O. Russell fan. So Mm -hmm. I was really surprised that just, it was very flat. I mean, it had a terrific cast and it, it just had all the right things going for it up front, but um, the execution, it was just kind of messy all over the place again. And um, just not, I'd say it was, it was kind of a uh, very anti David O. Russell film, um, mm. you know, uh, kind of dating back to some of his earlier work, which I really, really uh, loved. Um, you know, I'd say that that was a big one for me. Uh, you know, trying to, uh, what was another big disappointment for me this year that, uh, you know, I agree. I think a man, man called Otto was, um, pretty standard i mean it was very heavy-handed in areas kind of you know pushing Pulling on the heartstrings yeah you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's a guy you know he loses his wife and then he's going through the journey of obsolescence and it really pushes that whole message and and not in a very subtle way and it's very very hollywood um you know and it, it i think it was kind of a an off year for tom hanks in general i mean his his performance the pinocchio performance and and the over performance mm-hmm. in Elvis. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. to me, he was the worst part of Elvis. Um, and absolutely. I love Tom Hanks. I absolutely love Tom Hanks, but I just could not, I don't know, 2022 was not Tom Hanks' finest no. year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm with you on uh, on Elvis. I, uh, I, I just, uh, I thought he just reminded, it was so over the top. Yeah. And I didn't believe him for a minute that he was mm-hmm. Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Colonel Saunders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there it, wasn't even any chicken. Okay. I mean, yeah. It was such a disappointment. <laughs> surprisingly though, surprisingly, um, you know, I think 2022, whether you love this genre or hate it was a tremendous year for, for horror movies. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some of the, no. the horror films. <laughs> really well but they're you know they've done a nice job um you know mm-hmm. i think they're very inventive and you know you had ty west's x that came out in 2021 and then the sequel pearl which actually is a prequel which i thought was tremendous and, and megan was a great movie um mm-hmm. just very inventive um and you can kind of see that there's some really promising franchises and young filmmakers sort of in that arena even the the, the terrifier films which are very gratuitous over the top and I don't recommend seeing them if you hate gore, but <laughs> it's just, it's, it's nice to see sort of revival happening um, somewhere in film and, and that genre just happened mm-hmm. to be the one this year. So yeah. Barbarian was a really, Barbarian was good too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's a good film. Yeah. And I, I'm with you on, on Mia Goth. Um, yeah. I would have, I would have, I know we're not talking about Oscars that much, but <laughs> I would have given her an Oscar nomination for Pearl. Yeah. She was tremendous. She is so good. And I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, infinity pool. <laughs> you know, I guess yeah. some people walked out of that at Sundance. It was a little over the top, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh, so what's... Josh, uh, Josh Mason champions, the disgusting. <laughs> well, I do have That's a new, terrifying. I have a new series. I have a new series at the Cape cinema called Splatterday night. And we movies cult in horror films on Saturday nights after nine o'clock. So oh, good. That's yeah, great. Awesome. Great idea. Yeah. Splatter day. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's what's this is airing on Thursday. So what's what's playing this weekend, Josh? So this weekend, um, 
I don't have anything this Saturday. So what I'm doing is right okay. now, it's a slow rollout. So I'm doing every other Saturday. Mm -hmm. But um, because we are closed for a maintenance week in February, on mm -hmm. the fourth, we op so we opened the series with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm -hmm. and then we did Gidra the Three-Headed Monster this past Saturday, which is a 1964 Godzilla classic. Um, that when it came out. There you <laughs> see, there you go. And That's then, how old I am. Uh, <laughs> next Saturday, February 4th, we are going to do Bones and All, the Timothy Chalamet mm -hmm. film. Um, and then the following week, leading into Valentine's Day, I'm playing the original <laughs> My Bloody Valentine. So... Um, <laughs> So, well, for yeah, those we, of us who don't like horror, what else? <laughs> what what's playing this weekend? Just regular yeah, so movie for the for the lighter fare, but the more intellectually challenging. Um, we've still got Women Talking, which mm -hmm. uh, we which got uh, nomination for best screenplay and best um, picture today, which mm -hmm. is tremendous. And then next Friday, Bill Nye got a nomination for his right. performance in. Oh, you're going living. Yep. A week from Friday, we're opening that. So that's like the perfect uh, Cape Cinema film. Yeah, you, you should. Oh, yeah. I would think you would kick butt with that. Yeah. No, I mean, Women Talking has been tremendous. We've gotten mm. a lot of positive reception. Living, I think, will do the same. And then we have um, the uh, um, Emily, the about Emily Bronte, which we're playing mm -hmm. uh, after Living, which is uh, um, oh my goodness, what's her name? Um, is it Amanda Mackey from Sex Education, the English mm -hmm. actress? She's really terrific. Um, so she plays sort of the Emily Bronte character. But yeah, so it, it's it's very exciting. Cool. Well, I can't thank the both of you enough. I, I always I look forward to the three or four times a year that we do this, and it's always <laughs> I think so much fun and so informative. And so thank you, and everybody go support Cape Cinema and um, and. Go to see, go see a movie. So, thank you, and we'll see you again Thanks, next time Candy. on Art Thank Suite. you, Candy. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Josh. Au fait, j'ai voulu te téléphoner pour te te demander allô quelque chose quoi quelque chose quoi